You're listening to Sibling Talk with Mary Jo Tumare and John Paulette. Commentary from a progressive point of view. Hello, I'm John Paulette. And I'm Mary Jo Tumare. Mary, we're going to go to my area of expertise for a minute. Uh, I teach ethical philosophy. And one of the key ideas when we're assessing the, uh, the blame or what moral responsibility we should assign to somebody is to question their ignorance. Now, ignorance is kind of a technical term. It doesn't just mean that guy down the street, oh, he's ignorant. It's that I did not have the facts, the information to make a good moral judgment. And there's contrast. It's made by a number of philosophers, Aquinas makes it, between vincible and invincible ignorance. Invincible is, I did not know the facts. I did not know what was going on. And there is no reasonable way I could have known them. And and in general, when someone is said to be invincibly uh, ignorant, they probably do not have moral responsibility. On the other hand, vincible ignorance means I could have known and I probably should have known. And because of that, there is a responsibility because either you could have known, it's what we call supine uh, ignorance, you were simply too lazy to get the right, right information and most likely, depending on your position, you had an obligation to know. So you should have known. Okay, sorry for the long introduction, but is that what we're seeing here? A president who is vincibly ignorant? Yeah, I mean, as lawyers say, he knew or should have known. Same thing, right? Exactly the same thing. It's funny how these moral concepts keep coming up again and again. Yeah, I mean, if you take the job, you accept the job, then you have an obligation to get the information necessary to do the job. And it's not as if that information is not available to you. But what did Trump show very early on? I mean, Bolton talks about this, but everybody who's worked for the Trump White House has said he doesn't read. He doesn't read the daily briefing. You know, some of them didn't, it was early on. They were like, well, we make pictures or we put it on cards or something like that. So he's had no, he's not, never shown any interest in learning what needs to be known to do the job. In a case, time and time again, where the stakes are so high. And here we have this past week, few days, reporting pretty widely, not just the New York Times or all the other fake news, um, that Trump was told, verbally told, it was in the daily briefing, that Russia was paying a bounty for American soldiers in Afghanistan. And while at first there was some question on the reporting, I think here we are three or four days in and are pretty, everybody's pretty confident. 
that there is a truth to that report. Trump, what was Trump's answer at first? I don't know. Nobody told me. Yeah. <laughs> Which I don't think anybody believed. No. But now, of course, the reporting is clear that he not only was told, but told as early as a year ago. Yeah. And so we have, what, 12 months, 18 months uh, in some of the reporting uh, that this information was there. I, you're doing better than I am, frankly, on even understanding what Trump's response is. I, if I kind of follow it along, at first, I didn't know anything about it. Then, oh, I just checked into it, and my people didn't tell me about it because it wasn't really confirmed. And now this has just kind of gone on. And what he doesn't bungle up, Kaylee McInerney makes even more incomprehensible. I, I'm sorry, I lost that for a second, John. So Kaylee, well, what did she say? No, I, I, well, Kaylee, uh, I, I'm just saying that Kaylee makes his comments even more incomprehensible because uh, if I've got the point of what she said was, Everybody didn't agree on what the intelligence said. And in her words, there was some dissension on what it meant. So because of that, because everybody didn't agree, her conclusion is that this should not have been presented to the president, or I guess that the president shouldn't have taken it very seriously. Now, this seems to me, an unusually ludicrous proposition, even for Kaylee. Yeah, and it's been interesting to hear people who've worked in other administrations, um, whether CIA posts or on the national security team or whatever, they indicate, and, and this may, this is what makes sense to me, is you pass that up to the president and say, you know, we're not 100% sure. We're still working on the details. There's some dispute in the intelligence community about it. But you need to know this is happening. And I, I think the president's and now what you're saying about the press secretary's comments are, well, because we didn't have the thing nailed down, yeah, uh, we didn't tell him. And I didn't realize or didn't remember that when Obama made the decision on taking out Osama bin Laden, the intelligence community had told him, we're only 50% sure. Yep. And yep. he made the decision to do that on that 50% hedge. <laughs> well, and I, I mean, I have no experience in intelligence, obviously no knowledge. I have, however, read a lot of Jack Ryan novels, <laughs> which, which I think ought to count for something. And I would say from that, that there's no such thing as having it all nailed down. And that the, the last time that we all heard about or knew about one that they didn't really think had, they had quite nailed down was 9-11. That they had lots of chatter. They had lots of indication, but we can't be positively, positively certain. So, you know, I guess... You can argue kind of the philosophy of intelligence or whatever, but it all goes to the heart of either what the president and the press secretary are saying is not true, good possibility, or 
they are running such an incredibly inept White House as to be dangerous to the national security. I just don't know that there's another option. Yeah, well, the other, the only other option that I did hear today speculated on was whether or not they didn't tell the president because of the way he reacts to all things Russian. Yeah. So that would be an accusation against Putin that that would anger him. Personally, and I don't know, and no more inside information than all these other pundits who talk, Mm -hmm. I think he knew. But in his Trump way, he just didn't register it as anything that needed his attention. It's like, oh, okay, thanks for that. The same way he would be like currency shift in Argentina. Yeah. I I don't know that that's true, John, but but it kind of is the way he's operated. It's, in my opinion, it's how he managed the pandemics. Like, okay, yeah, but I'm worried about this thing with China and the trade deal. So I just don't have time for this pesky pandemic thing. Well, and I'm going to agree with you, and I'll tell you why. Because I think, I'm pretending I can see into his brain, but based on his behavior so far, that the click in his brain is, does this have something to do with me? Is this going to benefit me? Is this going to affect the election? And if that doesn't click, that it's going to benefit me, okay, uh, the Russians have put bounties on soldiers. Does that click anything? Nope. Move on to the next thing. Because everything that seems to interest him is something that he can find some personal benefit. I understand that conservatives, Republicans are going to say to me, oh, you liberals, you just think all those kind of things uh, uh, about him. But man, that's been the pattern. If that's not the pattern, then the other one, which is even scarier, is the one I heard somebody else say this. You owe your bookie money. You don't be talking trash about it, which is what a lot of us feel about Putin. That's his bookie, and he owes him money. And no, he's going to submerge anything that relates to Russia. I mean, they're both so bad. But me, I hope it's the first. Because if he's making the decisions not to protect our soldiers and our national security because Putin has something on him. And I know a lot of people believe that. That not only scares me, it makes me sad in such a deep way. If it's just because, ah, this doesn't affect me. And he's such a bad politician. I mean, at the end of the day, haven't we figured that out? Like he does have this crazy sense on divide and conquer issues but in terms of really understanding what's happening and how it's going to affect the long term that he has proved unable to do well because this thing did not have to blow up this way not at all even if it happened even if he knew it there was another way for him to handle it and it's not he creates the little forest fire the big forest fire when he doesn't need to Sure, because why didn't he? He still hasn't made a statement about yep. it. Yep. He still hasn't said, you know, okay, guys, quit talking about this. I've got it. I, you know, every single breath I take, I take to protect our soldiers. Yes. He hasn't said that. And I think people are starting to wonder 
and I mean, if I was a military family, this would be top in my mind that he truly doesn't care. Yeah. And yeah. that again, you know, maybe I not give him too much credit, but I'm too empathetic because that just makes me sad for him. Like you're the president of the United States and you don't care about those people whose lives you've put in danger. That's a sick person. It really is. And I'll tell you today, I, I did watch Vice President Biden's uh, I did as well. Mm -hmm. Did you? Yeah. And I did. I'll tell you the moment uh, that uh, probably said to me, I mean, obviously, I'm going to vote for Joe Biden. But if there was ever any question, this was the telling moment. And I think it was in response to a question talking about security briefing and should the president have read this. Biden said very commonly and matter of factly, when I was vice president, I received a briefing right when I woke up in the morning. Then I went to the office and I got another briefing. I read through all of the briefings. I was, you know, at an uh, oral briefing as well. It, I mean, he clearly was not bragging or anything else. He was simply talking about that's the way the job is, is done. So when I put on one hand a man who knows that's routinely how you do the job and a man on the other hand who says, oh, I never read that. I never saw it. Uh, there, Nobody told me about it. I wasn't certain about it. Which one should be president of the United States? Didn't it make you think, too, when Biden was talking about that, the reason that presidents say, I don't watch television, isn't just because they don't want to hear the chatter. Yeah. They don't have time. Yeah. I mean, I think when I was working full time, I think back to that. And, you know, and I was working 10, 12 hours a day. And if I caught an hour of news at night, I felt lucky. Like I loved to drive in my car just to be able to catch up. And so Trump, they say, watches like six hours of TV a day. And I think to myself, how does he have time? Well, this is how yep. he's not doing the job. Yep. And it and came up this morning, Doug, we're reporting on MSNBC, full side report. They said uh, there was one meeting this morning and that the president has nothing else on his schedule this week. Not today, this week. Now, I understand they're saying no other public events. That doesn't mean he doesn't have other meetings or anything else. But wait a minute. The president of the United States has nothing else on his schedule this week? Uh, that's a guy not doing the job. Well, he's got a lot of news to watch because there's a lot of news and... That's what we're going to be doing. <laughs> well, and, you know, he's got to make at least 15 minutes worth of time to do what I hope he does every day and listen to sibling talk. <laughs> and if you are, Mr. President, I want to personally thank you for being one of our many listeners. <laughs> you let us know what you think, okay? That's awesome. <laughs> All, right. All right. I'll talk, talk to you soon. Bye. Sibling Talk is a JMP production. The theme song from Sibling Talk was written by David Paulette.